Don't be afraid to go left when everybody's going right, even though people will be like, yo, what the fuck is this? That's the good shit. Showtime! Actually, who is Pudi? I DJ'd like in a local bar. I fake my ID to get in there. I feel like I have something to prove. You say I have something to prove and not I needed to prove something. Sounds to me like it's incomplete yet, like you haven't proven anything yet. Yeah, I feel like that. Why? Because... Corona hits. Yeah. TikTok explodes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Jason Derulo picks it up yeah. for round two. Yeah, that's a funny story, actually. Like, I wasn't into TikTok at that time. Good to know. Because you should never underestimate, like, new platforms. Did you know at that point already that you'd, you know, created a track that would later go on to do nearly half a billion in streams? Nah. Nah. Hello friends, just quickly before we get started with today's show. The way these algorithms work is that the more people that listen to the show, the more people it gets promoted to. So as a result, I would love it if you would smash the subscribe or the follow button wherever you're listening or watching this so that I can help as many people as possible solve their quarter life crisis. And with that being said, thanks so much and let's get on with today's show. Yes. I find it important to start all podcasts with the same question because usually it establishes how the rest of the conversation is going to continue. Mm-hmm. And that question is, are you happy? Yes. What in your opinion is required to live a happy life? Family, friends, um, passion, health. Do you think we should chase happiness? I mean, no. You shouldn't chase it, but you should do certain things to acquire happiness. Such as? The most important thing I feel is like health and family. Mm -hmm. Keep a good relationship with your parents, with your brother, with your sister, whatever is in your life. Um, Take good care of your body. Because everything starts with your body, of mm-hmm. course. If you don't take care of your body, I think the rest, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, you, will live, uh, you will live a happy life. Fair. For this podcast, I have a certain research hypothesis. And that research hypothesis is that passion gives purpose. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that? I agree. I agree. What is your passion? My passion um i mean the obvious choice is music of Mm -hmm. course music is my number one passion but i i have multiple passions um i like working out that's also a passion of mine uh i like being creative of course music is a creative job but also um clothing Mm -hmm. fashion uh everything that's involves uh, creation I find it interesting that you mentioned working out, right? Because I've asked this question now to quite a few people. Yeah. And they often respond to my hypothesis of passion gives purpose with the answer no, because they also are passionate about working out, for example. Mm -hmm. And what I've started to think a little bit is that maybe working out in the terms that they mean it refers more to enjoyment. I enjoy working out. Yeah. 
Because would you say that working out, as you describe it, adds to your purpose? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because to um, fulfill your purpose, you need to be strong in your mind and in your body. So, yeah, I think it's an essential part of your purpose, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, it's nicely said. Yeah, I think your purpose as a man is to provide, to take care of your family. And if you're weak in your mind and in your body, there's no way you, you're able to do that. Right. So that's why I feel like that. You mentioned already that your obvious passion is music. Yeah. When did your sort of passion for music occur? Um, my earliest memory is... Um, I mean, I always used to listen to music, of course, and mm. be excited about it when I was a kid. But the first, like, actual memory I have when I was like, yo, I want to do something with this was when um, I think I was like eight or nine or something. And I have a one uh, older brother. He's five, year old, uh, five years older than me. And there was this, like, this, um, how do I call it? Like a youth disco Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, in our neighborhood. But I was like too, uh, uh, I was uh, not old enough to mm. go there, but my brother was. So he was always going. I was like, yo, I want to go there as well. Um, and then one day uh, they told all the older kids, you can bring your younger brother or sister. Okay. Only this one night. And so... I was happy, of course. I got ready. Uh, we went there. And then I was like mesmerized about the whole setting, people dancing, enjoying, DJ playing music, people drinking. Of course, no alcohol <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But like I was like mesmerized. Like the DJ was like controlling the room. Yeah. So he was at that moment, he was like the the guy who was like um puppet master the puppet master mm -hmm. exactly like he was like controlling the emotions of the room the energy and i was like mesmerized about it yeah. so that was like my first memory i have um about like i really want to do something with this like music and i was young at that yeah. age so i how old were you then nine i think like oh wow nine okay. or ten maybe i'm yeah. not sure maybe even younger but i think Around yeah. that age, yeah. Well, okay. And then, so to build on that question then, would you consider yourself a DJ that produces or a producer that DJs? Or that's neither? A funny, that's, a, that's a good question. It's, it's funny, but back then I started as a DJ, but I thought like a DJ needs his own songs, which clearly is not the case because the guy who was playing in that venue when I yeah. was a kid obviously was not producing any music. Yeah. But in my mind, it was like that. So for me, the DJing and, the, and, and producing started at the same time mm -hmm. because I thought that was like the normal case. Yeah. If you DJ, you produce. And like if you produce, you DJ. And then has it really since nine been nonstop go? This is it. I know what I'm going for. Nah, of was course. I was like in, 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 in like high school and... I always wanted to DJ. I DJed like in a local bar always when I was like 15, I started. Mm -hmm. uh, in Ledeek, right? Yes. I faked my ID to get in there. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, 
Yeah, that that was um, that was back then, and my parents always thought like this is a hobby. Mm. You know, like they never thought this could be like a serious job. Um, but in the back of my head, I always knew I wanted to do something with music, DJ, produce, whatever. Um, so yeah. I, I did already mention it a little, but <clears throat> I was also a DJ before this whole podcast oh, thing started. I yeah. even played in Ludique as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, you know, I know that Agnieszka and uh, the whole yeah, gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I always found fascinating, obviously you coming from Snake and where I am from originally, but also other artists that I've spoken to and know, mm -hmm. is this confidence almost that if they want to succeed at what they are building they have to believe in themselves 100 even if the track that you put online gets three plays you know you go back in the morning and you make more music yeah where does your confidence in that sense come from hmm. or would you even describe yourself that way maybe that's a better question i mean yes i would describe myself that way because Like you said, like the first time you upload some music and you get three plays, you can think like two things. Or you go back in the lab and be like, tomorrow I have 300 plays. And the next day I have 300,000 plays. But that confidence, where does that come from? I feel like uh, for me, because my parents are like uh, refugees, I feel like I have something to prove, you know, to them. Because they came here for my future and my brother's future. Um, so that automatically gave me like a boost to like prove it to my parents. Like you didn't come here for no reason, you know? Yeah. So I think that's like the main case. And also because like you said, we are from like Friesland. That's like a, a region where, yeah, nobody really looks at in the Netherlands, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because everything happens in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, The Hague. Um, I feel like that also gives you like a sense of like, You have to prove yourself extra, mm. you know, so that can go both ways or you can be like, oh shit, am I able to make it? Or like be like, fuck it, I'm gonna prove it. Yeah. You know, like we have talent here as well. Yeah. So that's it, basically. I find it interesting when you talk about your um, your parents that you say, I have something to prove mm -hmm. and not I needed to prove something. It sounds to me like it's incomplete yet, like you haven't proven anything yet. Yeah, I feel like that. Why? Because my vision and my ideas are like bigger than what I have accomplished right now. Mm. So in my mind, I haven't proven anything. Of course, a couple of things, financial freedom in a certain way, like uh, a couple gold plaques, you know, like, but that's not, that's not the end goal. I feel like the end goal, or not the end end goal, but I feel like I have so much more to um, give to the world, mm. music-wise, but also business-wise or different companies. I have so many ideas; my mind mm. sometimes explodes. You yeah, know? yeah. But I feel like we're just getting started right now. Right. So, but is there then a? Is that maybe almost endless then? It is. It is. That's why you always should like enjoy the journey instead of be like fixated on if I reach this goal, I will be happy. Mm. That will never be the case mm. because there's always a new goal. There's always a new thing to reach, you know. So yeah. it's always about the journey. It's like some cliche thing to say, but 
That's the way it is. Yes, it is a cliche, but I think it's also a cliche for a reason. Yeah. Most cliches are true. Exactly. Then, for those that don't know, tell a little bit about Puri. Mm -hmm. About the artist Puri. Who is Puri in that sense? The artist Puri. Um, I mean, the artist Puri. How should I like explain that? Um, I like so many different kinds of music. You know, that's that's what not a lot of people know. But I listen to like all kinds of music. Um, my preference is there is no preference basically right. because sometimes I feel like this. Then I listen to this. Sometimes I feel like that. I listen to that and I get like inspiration from every kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I have like a certain sound which people obviously like. And that's like dancehall, mumbaton, reggaeton, like really like drum heavy. Girls can dance to that music, you yep. know, they can have a good time in the club. Um, so yeah. Do you ever then feel limited by the fact that this is what the sound you've been associated yeah. with? Yeah, I feel, I feel limited, but that's always something that's in your mind as well. Yeah. Because I mean, you can do like any kind of music you want because you're free, but once, uh, you break through with like a certain type of sound, people are going to expect that from you. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to be like, yo, this is cool, but what about this? Yeah. Why, why are you not giving like more music we want, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but in the end, the fans, they will listen to the music. Yeah, exactly. And there's like a, a balance in between like something that you like and something that your fans like. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's always the thing that you create, the fans, they will have to like it because yeah. that's the music you're putting out. But yeah, it's always a balance. And I make all kinds of music. Like some music of mine, people will never hear. Yeah. You know, I also did some productions. People don't even know that I'm behind it. But yeah. There, I've so I've been following your journey for a little while since everybody, to be precise, mm-hmm. because the the dude that you collaborated with on that, Yura, uh, was actually my teacher. He taught me how to DJ and produce. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a result, I followed him. I came across your song, and basically since then, I've been following this development. Yeah. Already. Mm-hmm. Meaning, also followed you on social media. And one quote that you at one point shared in your story that has resonated with me forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you said it or you just shared it, but it was um, they can steal the sauce, but they will never have the recipe. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating because, to <laughs> some extent, you can't, you, I could say, you at least pioneered that sort of bass heavy mumbaton sound with Konyo. Yeah. What was that sort of story behind Konyo, actually? Um, I mean, I was already making like beats like everybody, uh, some stuff I did with Jack and Lewis. Um, shout out to all those guys, by the way. Also, Yura, he gave me a chance to play in Ludique for the first time. So that's, that was like the, the place I started DJing. Yeah. Shout out to him as well. Um, so I was making all these club beats. Um, and they were being picked up by DJs. They were being played in every club. And we were like, yo, we were onto something. Hmm. Or at least I was onto something. But then 
if you do that like for a certain while, you reach a point where you'll be like, it's getting kind of repetitive, you know, like mm. we need something new. We got, we need something new to add to the sauce, to the recipe. So like I said, I like all kinds of music. And before I started making like Mumbaton and, and, and dancehall and this kind of music, I was EDM heavy. So I was making house music, like trap, like all these kinds of music. Um, but when I reached that point where I thought like we were doing the same thing every every single day, every single day, I'm not getting inspired anymore. And mm. then my brain started thinking like, okay, what's the next sound? Mm. Like don't lose the essence of what's working, but add something new to the mix that it becomes something fresh. And I started listening to like bass house music like house music and i was like what if i combine these two worlds in something new mm. and that's how konyo was born because i was like thinking 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 and jack and lewis was in a studio right beside mine so we were always like going back and forth hopping in that studio but so one day they were working i just came in the studio i was like in my mind i was like what should i do what should i do and then it clicked and I went back to the studio, started building mm. that shit came together. Yeah. I heard at some point, but it could be mistaken that Konyo actually ended up staying on the shelf for almost two years before it actually came out. Facts. What made the switch at some point that you ended up releasing it? Um, Like we were discussing before we started recording, like, the timing, you yeah. know, it's all about perfect timing because I, I feel like back then uh, it was only the beat, by the way. Like yeah, the vocals yeah, were not on it, but I feel like back then people weren't ready yet. Mm. Like the sound was still, people were expecting that same sound still. And people were not like, okay, we need something new now. We, I was already there yeah, because exactly, we were yeah. we like... As producers, I feel like we are like creating the future, mm. you know, like we are the puppet masters, yeah. like we control what people going to like or listen to next. So that that wasn't the right timing for that song, mm -hmm. probably because if it was up to me, I would have released it, yeah. but it wasn't the right timing. Um, so what happened, it was on the shelf for, like you said, like two, three years. And often people came in my studio, I played them some beats and they were like, yo, this beat is crazy. Like all, also like other DJs, friends of mine. And they were like, yo, can I have this for my sets? I was like, yeah, whatever, take it. So they started playing it. And one time I saw like a video of a friend of mine, he played it and it was like, and I saw the reaction of the people. I was like, yo, okay, it's working. Yeah, yeah. It's working. So um, then uh, my manager... I don't know what this was like two years after I made it. He yeah. was like, uh, yo, we need to do something with this because we were going through my beats and stuff. And we were like, yo, this, this one is special. We knew it. Like this yeah. beat is special. Um, so I, w I was in a studio with Jor Mountain, one of the artists who's on a song. My, my manager arranged a session for us. Um, and I already had like the hook for it, like the conio, the sample. Mm. I put it in there. So the concept I already had built. You know, so it was already there. So I went in the studio, 
we recorded uh, the yeah the hook actually and yeah. the first of jar and then um, I put another artist on it Rodi shout out to him as well um, he had a first on it as well uh, eventually uh, Ache came on it but first it was Rodi so we had this version like now it was like a full song so what happened I was playing at a boat party and I was like, okay, let me try it out. So I played the record and I saw like all the faces of the people who were there would like turn <laughs> like, yo, what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. You know, this is crazy. Yeah. So then I knew like, yo, this is something special. And so, mm. so a couple of DJs, uh, one of the DJs who was also playing there, he came to me like, yo, bro, this song is crazy. I need it. Like my birthday is next week. Uh, Sam Blance is his name. Mm. Shout out to him as well. He 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 came to me. It was like, yo, my birthday is next week. Can I have the song to play my birthday? Because back then his birthday party was like a thing, you know, like people, yeah, yeah. people, people used to go there. So I sent the song to him. Fast forward the next week, his birthday comes. He plays the song and somebody films it. So uh, he put like that video on his Instagram. And I saw the comments were like blowing up, like, yo, what's that song? What's that song? Is that your song? Is that your song? So people thought it was his song. Yeah, yeah. Because he opened his set with it or something. And then, um, yeah, it started blowing up. It leaked. Mm. So the version with Rodi uh, leaked on the internet. So it was on YouTube. A couple other DJs have it, had it. They started playing it. So we were like, yo, we need to like, Get on this. Get on this and get it moving with this one because everybody wants to hear this. Um, then how, how does something like that leak? I never understood that. I mean, like like I told you, I, I sent it to a couple of DJs. Right. And, and, then, and then friends ask, yo, can you send it to me? Okay, but don't send it to anybody else. Mm, and and then, then he sends it and the other guy is like, yo, send it to me. Okay, don't send it to anybody else. And then it goes like wildfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all over. Yeah, okay, fair. So um, after that... Uh, we were like, yo, we need to really start, yeah, you know, pushing this, pushing this. Uh, and before that, I had done like um, a session with Atje, uh and he's of course also on the song. And I did like a trap song with Atje, and it was like the first time we met. My manager obviously arranged the session, and I had some vocals from him, so we had the the. The, the, the song with Jar, the hook, the first verse, and the second verse was empty. And we all heard, like, Achi needs to do something mm. on this. But I had the vocals from the previous session I did with him. So my manager was like, yo, put those vocals on there and let's see how it sounds. Yeah. So that's what I did. And it sounded crazy. Yeah. I was, like, with four friends of mine in the studio. And they were like, yo, going crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This, is, this is hard. Did you know at that point already that you'd, you know, created a track that would later go on to do nearly half a billion in streams? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, we were like, we were in Snake in my yeah. old studio. We were <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this is dope, yeah. you know, like, but we never expected that, like, no. that it would have gone like this. It's crazy. Um, but then, yeah, I put his vocals on the song. So we were like, yo, he needs to do something on this song. Yeah. So... Uh, my manager tried to arrange a session, didn't go smoothly, mm. but eventually we got him in the studio, did the record, um, 
yeah, yeah that session was also yeah. like crazy like he came in the room and he was like thinking 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 and then he went back up smoked another <laughs> joint came back yeah. in thinking thinking smoke another one go <laughs> up come back and then eventually we started getting into it he did a verse and then after that it, it was like quick actually um my the brother of my manager is distortion shout out to him as well he lives in the uk um he's doing music there and his manager sharaf from two-tone records he heard the song and he was working with Warner and Spinning Records. And so he heard the song and he told my manager, like, yo, this song is yeah. insane. This is big. You need to like, yeah. need like a big label for this one. So he connected us with Spinning. And yeah, because I remember that happening, yeah. that it eventually launched on Spinning. But at the time, like at the risk of getting very technical into the music now, but yeah. at the time, Spinning was still heavily house music. Yeah, facts. So We were the first ones to do that, this kind of music on, on Spinning. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that was that was a funny story, actually. I think at first they didn't even like the song. Yeah. But the guy from London, the manager, yeah. Sharaf, he was like, you guys are crazy if you don't release this yeah. because this is going to be huge. And then eventually, I think that they started believing in it as well. Uh, we went to the office, um, finished the song basically quick because yeah. they were like, yo, we need the song this week so we can start uploading, do a release date, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So after that, everything just started going mm. like quick. The release date was there, finished the song, we released it. Um, and yeah, it started picking up right away because of all the hype that was already around the song. Yeah. You know, the yeah, song yeah. got leaked. Mm. The, it was people were like yo when is this coming out when is this coming out um, so after that yeah it went by itself basically. if you're anything like me you may have spent months to some cases years trying to figure out what your passion is you've eventually figured it out and are contemplating making the jump in doing so one of the first things you are faced with when building a new business or even being a creator is finances now the select few love this part I personally do not so luckily, I'm very proud to announce today that I've, I have a sponsor who is able to fix this problem for you. For the Sharp listeners, you may know them from episode 30, Edwin from Moneybird. They decided to sponsor this podcast today. Now, I know that when I started with my business four years ago, I was super overwhelmed by all the things I had to do from sending invoices to doing my taxes. It was all a lot and all very confusing and almost made me stop. Moneybird aims to... Automize the financial processes, such as sending invoices, such as sending reminders for invoices, such as giving you exactly how you need to fill in your tax overview. So if you're a starting entrepreneur or creator in the Netherlands, I'd absolutely recommend using Moneybird. I'll add the link to their website in the description down below. And with that being said, let's get back into today's show. It went out or like it came out in the Netherlands. I remember that also watching sort of the, the, the numbers go up <laughs> yeah. like madness every every week. I think at some point it then at first stagnated at like 70 million, yeah. something like that. Corona hits. Yeah. TikTok explodes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Jason Derulo picks it up yeah. for round two, yeah. so to say. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that experience. Yeah, that's a funny story, actually. Like, um, obviously, TikTok started blowing up, like, all around the world. 
I wasn't into TikTok at that time. Good to know. Because you should never underestimate like new platforms. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like I wasn't into TikTok. I was like, yo, this is corny. Like, what mm. is this? Um, but then um, Jason Drulo started popping off on TikTok. And he was going crazy with the videos, like millions of views. And he started doing like remixes of big TikTok songs. So what happened in the meanwhile, Konyo went to number one on TikTok. But back then I didn't even know like what kind of impact that had. I was like, yo, cool. I get messages left, right. Like your song is going crazy on this platform. I was like, yeah, dope. But it was number <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, Jason, he uh, obviously heard the song because there were like millions yeah. of videos on that platform. And he hit me up on Instagram. He sent me a direct message and he was like, yo, your song is crazy. I want to do a remix for it. I was like, let's go. He was like, here's my number. You were at any point like, wait. Jason Drulo just messaged yeah, me, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, is this real, you know, yeah, am I yeah, being yeah. hacked here or what? Yeah, of course. I saw the message. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, I instantly like made a screenshot sent to my team. Like, yo, yeah. this is crazy. And he sent me his number. He was like, yo, call me. And he lives in LA. And I called him. It was like nighttime there. I called him. He was in the studio. He was like, yo, blah, blah, blah. I like, I fuck with the song. I want to do a remix. I already recorded something. So he played it. He recorded something like to like an instrumental from internet. And then um, he was like, can you send me the instrumental beat, like the or original yeah, yeah. one? Yeah. So I sent it to him and we go back and forth, like a couple versions. I was like, yo, change this maybe or go this way. Then like, I think like a month later, the song uh, came out mm. like the remix and that like blew a whole nother life into the song because the song was already two three years old yeah exactly yeah i think three years old at that point but that's the magic of tiktok like some songs maybe they are 10 years old yeah, yeah but because tiktok people started picking it up and gives it a whole new life yeah, yeah. so like you said we were like on 70 million or 50 million even i think which is still crazy, by the way, if you consider that yeah. in the Netherlands, there's only 16 million people. Exactly. Uh, it's still a good amount of streams. But after that, it just started going even more crazy. Like yeah. 70 million, 80 million, 90 million, 100 million. The original one. Yeah. Because of TikTok. And then the remix came and the remix also was on like 140 or something. Mm -hmm. 130. So if you combine all those streams, we're like past half a billion streams already. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, that's that's crazy because when Corona hit, I was like, yo, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because I was doing shows, I was doing this, blah, blah. The money was getting lower, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. you know? And then that came like a blessing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, because was there, was there a point like before sort of the second round where you were like, I don't know anymore if I can do this again, you know? Of course. Because you get the pressure, I can imagine, that yeah. Kanye brings with it. And yeah. Yeah, of course, there's there's a lot of pressure. How do you deal with that? Um, I mean, you just, you just got to go through it, you know? You got to feel like... You got to feel like what kind of emotions that, that come up with that, you know? Yeah. You got to, like, go through it. There's no way around it. 
there is obviously a, a certain type of pressure that it brings because if one of your first singles is like such a huge record, people are going to expect the same thing for the next record. Exactly. Yeah. And the next one and the next one. So, yeah, that, that fucked me up for a while, yeah. of course. But Did you ever, as a result, like have writer's block? I mean, yeah. Of course, but yeah. I feel like writer's block, I don't know if it exists. I think okay. it's just like something in your brain. You're, you got to turn off that voice, you know, like we're just saying like, uh, yeah, you cannot do this again or blah, 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 blah. But writer's block, yeah. Of course, you have sometimes um, the feeling that you're like uninspired or you don't know what to do next or yeah. you need to like experience certain things like outside in the world to put into your music Yeah, because it's like a creative job. If you don't experience anything, what kind of music you're going to make because you're not like out there and observing like what, what do people like or um, this song works well or maybe I should do this and then my way, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah. I feel like writer's block is is when you're just stuck in the same place for too long. So you got to go out sometimes and come back, revisit, you know? When, because uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you're from Snake. Today we're in Almeida. Mm -hmm. Was that one of the reasons why you ended up moving to Almeida or were there different reasons for that? Different reasons. Uh, my ex-girlfriend lived in Amsterdam, so I moved with her. Right, okay, fair. To here. Yeah. Um but also, I always wanted to to uh, come here because yeah. Snake is cool and I love Snake. I love Friesland. That's the place where I grew up, you know. They gave me all the opportunities where, where I made some of my biggest music till yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the, 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 the bigger opportunities mm -hmm. are here in the end because yeah. when artists from around the world come to the Netherlands, they come to Amsterdam. So fair, it makes sense. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. good to be like here in the neighborhood, you know. Yeah, I you already asked at the beginning about yeah. little jar. <laughs> I was like, what's uh, this? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before we get into that one, I had a question come on over the past two episodes, and I've actually been enjoying asking that. And the uh -huh. question was, um, what was the time that you nearly quit, and what made you keep going? Good question. I had I had multiple times I wanted to quit actually, um, but what kept me going is I think that that burning desire you know because you made like a um, a deal with yourself like we're gonna keep on going no matter what no mm -hmm. matter what you feel no matter what you experience we're gonna keep on going and finish what we started because what is it. Yeah, what is it? What's the worth of all the work you put in, all the effort? If you're just gonna quit, mm. you know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So if you start something, I feel like you should finish it, you know. And yeah, what kept me going? <sighs> Multiple things, to be honest, like family, you know, responsibilities. It sounds then like you have an extreme level of accountability towards yourself almost. Of course. There's there's no one who I can like uh, hold accountable for this. Yeah, but exactly. myself. Yeah. You know? Is there a way to learn to do that more? 
because I think that is a rare trait, to be honest. So it's, I'm quite curious to see whether or not the people that have that extreme, whether there's a way that you can work on that part more. Um, good question. Um, yeah, I, f I feel like if you experience certain things on your journey, uh, you will understand that the only person that can be hold, held accountable for, for your failures or your success is always yourself. You know, there's nobody else you can point your finger at. So even if you think so, that somebody else is responsible, oh, fuck, he closed the door for me. Mm. So that's why I couldn't go through. But you still can kick in the door and go through, yeah. you know? So there's, it's always your own vision mm. and your own uh, mind, you know? I do know. I also spoke to Ron Simpson and this resonates. What he said towards what you're saying now is that there, he really focused on saying that usually it's not necessarily a lack of experience or even talent that you have, but more a lack of creativity to solve the problems at hand. Um, and I feel like that is what you're getting at now again as well, that, you know, you just, you have to figure out a creative uh, solution to this problem. I agree. Yeah. Totally. There it's, it's always up to yourself. So, and then we go back to the beginning uh, and a question you ask, like, what are certain things that people can do, you know, to, mm. to gain that ability to keep on going? Back to the beginning, your health. That's the most important thing. Because if you're healthy and you're strong in your mind and in your body, you will be able to make the, those choices easily. Yeah. Or at least you can see the answer and you can use your creativity. But if your mind is like cloudy, foggy, yeah, yeah, it's you're not gonna see the solution. Yeah, I have this thought that also one of the reasons is that people mistake, um, or I can best explain it that people set goals and from that they derive their purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think what it should be is that people should figure out their purpose and set goals as a result. Because from my own experience, and that's what I'm curious if you have. Whenever I get a, you know, shitty week where yeah. I put a podcast online and it just flops or I put a video online and gets 200 views, even though the one yesterday got 14.2, you know? Yeah. Uh, the thing that keeps me going then is that I know there's a bigger mission that I'm working towards. Yeah. Whereas when I was in music, in my case, what I think eventually made me quit is that I was in it to become famous uh -huh. and make a lot of money and, you know, make music. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is a strong foundation to build this on. I totally agree. It has to come from passion, like the burning desire, because fame and what is what is fame? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, I don't know. So what are you <laughs> what are you contributing to like the people? Yeah. You know? The fame is nothing. Yeah. But if you have something for you, for instance, if you can spread knowledge, if you can spread the conversation that has a bigger value than all those things yeah. like fame and, you know? Mm. So that's why I think that kept you going, Yeah, you know? Because you have, like you said, like a bigger mission, a bigger picture to look at. And also, if your podcast gets 200 views, that's still 200 people that are yeah, yeah. watching yeah. it. And you never know. 
what happens, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Some things take time. Some things, maybe somebody sees the podcast one year later and be like, I want to remix that. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah, like yeah. maybe you inspire someone, mm. he builds a billion dollar company from, you know, from yeah. that podcast. So yeah. you just got to keep on going. Even if you think, because we live in an era like it's all about the numbers, it's about how big you are, blah, 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 blah. But I've, but even the biggest guys right now in whatever they are doing, podcasting, music, whatever, they started somewhere. Even Joe Rogan started with like a hundred viewers. Yeah, yeah. He's the biggest guy right now. Yeah. But he's been doing it consistently for 10, 15 years. Mm. That's also a big key, like consistency, keep on going. Don't stop when things are not going good in your opinion or in your vision, you know, but keep on going, Yeah, you know, yeah. and don't look at the numbers, just do it because you like it and you want to, you want to spread a message or you want to inspire people. Yeah, That's always the thing that comes from the heart, you know, so that's a good thing to build on. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the jar, basically what I did at some point was I asked my community to, write down a bunch of questions that they're struggling with. I yeah. wrote them all down on individual pieces of paper. Okay. Also, who asked it? And I ask each of my guests to take one and then just give their opinion on on the question. Okay. So feel free to take one. Cool. Finally, I've been waiting to do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that's two. Oh, shit. Oh, that's two. Okay, question number one. Uh, Percy, if I'm yeah. spelling this correctly. Um, in times of great struggle in the past, do you remember a specific thought that kept you going? Yeah, we just... Yeah, do another one. Yeah, we discussed this already. Yeah. I mean, I can answer it. No, no. no? Or unless you have a specific example yeah, that comes to mind. Yeah, that's a specific thing. Um, do you remember a specific thought that kept you going? Um, I had multiple times when I thought back of like the moments I was in the studio alone, not even knowing what's going on out there or what's waiting for for me, like in the next couple of years, I was just making music because I enjoyed it, Yeah, you know? Mm. And yeah, I was like, I need to go back to that feeling, to that like mindset like just make music because you like doing it because it's your passion not that you want to be famous or want to reach a certain thing just do it because you like it remember why you started doing it yeah basically so it's good to sometimes go back to the roots in that sense yeah always because that's 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 why that's the why yeah. you know yeah this podcast started as already mentioned slightly because i Finished my master, mm-hmm. and after that was like, well, you know, I'm I'm as graduated as I can be, or as educated as I can be, and now I'm struggling to figure out what's next. Uh-huh. What do I want to do? Yeah, you know, I was in a fortunate position that I at least knew what I didn't want to do, which was already more than most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew the nine to five wasn't necessarily for me. Uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do something in the content game. But outside of that, you know, even there, it's still open. What companies do I work for? What part of marketing do I do? Et cetera, et cetera, Uh right? My question for you then is, 
Um, do you have any advice for someone who's maybe in that situation as how they can figure out what path is right for them to follow? Um, I think like try, try different things. Like uh, write it down. Just start with who am I as a person? What kind of things I like apart from my career? What kind of things I like to do in my free time? for instance, yep. you know, yep. um, and just go out in the world, just experience things. Don't put like pressure on yourself. Like I need to have a passion like tomorrow mm. because the passion is going to find you. You're not going to find your passion. Mm. You know, your calling is going to find you. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Cause I do think it's indeed often a case that nothing happens as a result of this intense looking for things. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You're never going to find it. No, you're like, wait, I need to figure out what do I really like instead of just doing. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Um, one, though, contradictory piece of advice that I sometimes then get where where people say, you know, just do, but also focus. Mm-hmm. That seems, you know, contradictory. Like, how can I do a lot but focus at the same time? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts there? Um, I mean... Depends on how you look at it. Like do a lot, but focus at the same time. Mm. But what are you going to focus on? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just focus on whatever you're doing in the present moment. Right. Focus on that yeah. because nothing else matters. That's why when we were kids and you probably, everybody remembers this. When we were kids, I had a dream about this last night. So that's why okay, yeah. it's perfect to say I had a dream about when I was like in middle school and I was like, why was I so happy back then? Because I was only thinking about what was happening at that moment right there, Mm. you know? So it's always focus, but focus on what you're doing right now. Even if you're like brushing your teeth or making music or doing a podcast or talking with your friends or eating with your mom, whatever you're doing, just be present and in a moment and focus on that and don't go wild with your thoughts or whatever. Because when you were a kid, you weren't, you weren't even thinking, you were just doing. Yeah. That's it. That's nice. Yeah. For the aspiring artists or creators listening to this, if they are considering starting out in music, mm-hmm. do you have any advice for them as far as, you know, how to get moving? Mm. Follow your heart and make the kind of music that excites you. Mm. And don't be afraid to go left when everybody's going right. Even though people will be like, yo, what the fuck is this? That's the good shit, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the good shit because everything that's weird at first will be the popular thing at next, you know? Because yeah. us producers, we, at least not everybody, but... The ones who want to try something different every time they go in the studio, like reset the levels, like inspire people. Always aim for that, you know? Don't be like the regular, like everybody can make like a simple, simple as beat. Like, and simple is good, but but try to like think outside of the box, you know? It's also like a cliche thing to say, but don't be afraid to try to be different, you know? And embrace your... Embrace that part of yourself. Yeah. And don't think if everybody's doing this, I need to do this. 
be the loner and do that thing you feel like oh, this is this is it yeah this is it you know yeah, fair. Yeah. always go for that feeling that you're going crazy in the studio by yourself then you know it's a good beat or a good song or you know yeah that's really important i feel like because if something doesn't give me that feeling in the studio i don't want to even be working on music yeah i always want to be like Hyped. Ah, hyped, you know, <laughs> yeah, like crazy, like yeah. damn, this crazy. Fair. Yeah. I've arrived at my last question, and that question for you is, what does the future hold for Puri? Mm, the future. Many beautiful things, I hope, you know. Uh, Music-wise, life-wise, career-wise, family-wise. I just want, you know to feel happy, feel good, feel healthy. And I think like everything else is gonna follow after that. Because yeah. if I'm healthy in my mind, in my body, I can make the right choices. And yeah, life, our path is already written. You just gotta walk Yeah, the path, you know? Awesome. It's been a pleasure telling you personally, at least as a fan from the sidelines, how much I've appreciated watching you grow into this. I'm looking forward for much more music that you'll undoubtedly still create. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Appreciate you being here, man. And uh, yeah, let's do this uh, again or some next time. Awesome. See how far we've come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs>